0: Hello Linux fans and welcome to another episode of Destination Linux where we cover Linux news, reviews and anything else that may be fun or interesting in the Linux world.
1: Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. And this is episode 18 of Destination Linux. Hello, Rob. What's going on?
0: Hey, Rocco. How are you, buddy?
1: Well, Rob, we have an exciting show today. So yes. we have news because there is a ton of news out there. We have to talk about we had a few extra releases of Destination Linux. We have a guest, Michael Tunnell, from Tux Digital. And we have viewer mail. So, but first, we are jam-packed. But first, you have a little something you want to talk about. You want to step up on the soapbox. So, (laughs) here's the mic. There you go.
0: Well, thank you. thank you for the soapbox. Yeah, I want to jump up on the soapbox a little bit for myself and maybe a little bit for you too. Well, a lot for myself, but maybe a little bit for you too. So, in the news, of course, is all of the Ubuntu 17.04 releases. And, um, you know, recently we had Martin Wimpress from Ubuntu Mate and um, really enjoyed that show and was super excited to get the official release of 17.04, Ubuntu Mate, out. So I did a video on it. Rocco, I'm just naturally, my glasses is half full on things. Um, I tend to look for the good whenever I'm doing anything, you know, that's just my nature. And, and quite honestly, I, I did this video and I was stoked. I was thrilled with the improvements. And basically I just did a video expressing how awesome I think it is. I think it is an awesome all around distro and everything's fine. Everything's good, but out of the blue come these emails, um, or not emails, but come these messages, of people who are thoroughly upset because I'm hyped about the release of Ubuntu Mate, which is fine. Everyone, everyone has an opinion, but my intention in my happiness with this distro was not to make people angry or upset. And how dare you be positive <laughs> about something, Rob? <laughs> and, and I, I just, I'm on my soapbox to say, granted, I wasn't going through looking for bad things. In that video, I was going through excited about all of the good things, about all of the positive changes within that distro. I am not saying that Ubuntu Mate 1704 is a perfect, flawless distro that will run on everyone's hardware and will make you two inches taller, 30 pounds lighter, and $100,000 richer. I'm not saying that about that distro. I just want to be perfectly clear. <laughs> so,
1: Well, Rob, look you're going to always have comments out there from people, whether they be good or whether they be bad. But all in all, when you're looking at a a distribution and you're looking at, say, the new release of Ubuntu Mate, you're not sitting there saying that it's perfect, but you're going to talk about, you're going to highlight the great things and the improvements that they have made. That's just natural. That's normal. So I guess you could uh in, you know myself included include uh, some things about it that aren't but that's not what the video is about the video is about the great features that it offers new from when it was before you went from 1610 which had uh minor issues with what it looked like and certain things didn't match and you went to a completely refined desktop that is cohesive through the whole thing. How can you not put out a video and say, this is really good because it is, if it wasn't, you wouldn't be putting out that video.
0: No, no. I mean, you know, Rocco, I mean, it's almost like, I feel like now I should do, uh, I'm going to pick on this district. I should do a video now on react OS and just go (laughs) through and talk about how awful everything is just to make up for it. But no, you're right. I mean, the, the point of, well, first of all, when I, I did a video sometime back called the Gold Standard Ubuntu mate the gold standard yep, and that upset people. How could you call this the gold standard? You know it doesn't work with AMD. There's no high Dpi support. there's no and it's not really about that. I mean, I call it the gold standard because if you're going to create a new distro, that Ubuntu mate is a distro you need to look at now, if you can put in support for AMD graphics cards and make it work with high DPI. Uh, monitors uh, and and you know throw in some other magic sauce man do it and and make it the platinum distro standard (laughs) but you know we we all have you know (laughs) we all have benchmarks that we look at as far as how well-rounded an operating system is that doesn't mean it's perfect but if it's well rounded and covers a lot of the bases from a new user to an experienced user to everything in between granted it's not going to work with everyone's hardware, it's not going to work with everyone's monitor. But really no one distro does. You know.
1: No. You're not going to find a perfect distro for every single person out there. Everybody has different needs, everybody has different likes and wants. Right. You you know, just for example, not everybody runs high DPI. So for people who don't run high DPI, Ubuntu Mate is awesome. Okay, yeah, now, if yeah. you have a certain specific need for high d p i that may not be the distro for you, but for making an actual video for a release, you're not going to rip it apart and say, This is terrible here, this is terrible here, this is terrible here. You're going to highlight what's great about it right and what people have to understand is this is this is real life, okay. We make videos about an operating system, but that's not what is important in life, okay? No. It's just a video. So to take it to heart so much is something that's just completely not necessary. And I have comments on this about the same stuff on my videos, and I don't worry about them. No, I, I do what I think is right. I talk about I don't gloss over things that are bad about it but I may not always highlight them. And I do what I think is right and let the comments the way they are. And if you want to make good comments, you make good comments. If you want to make bad ones, go right ahead.
0: Well, I agree with you, too. And I I certainly don't want to be thin-skinned over it. But there's times when I think to myself, my intention in happiness with this OS that I'm sharing with someone, or maybe it's just a small thing that I think is really cool. That's what I think personally. And, And I say all of that because I just... I guess it upsets me to see people upset over something as you said is us basically sharing a video on an operating system that at the end of the day doesn't make your life one way or the other, really. You know,
1: and it's not what's important in life, man.
0: No, no, exactly. And guess what? There's 100 and at least 180 other distros that if that if you weren't happy with how happy I am with the happiness of that happy distro
1: of the happiness of the happy district (laughs) (laughs) look there are billions of videos out there okay millions of videos out there on different distributions if you do if you don't want to watch a video about good things about it then you know you can always watch another video on another channel
0: and off of the soapbox
1: off the soapbox all right rob so uh we have released a couple midweek episodes for Destination Linux. So we were normally releasing Friday, and we kind of recorded some of those ahead of time. And part of the reason why we recorded some of those ahead of the time ahead of time so that we could be ahead if we missed a week. Uh and we wouldn't have to rush around to try to get an episode within a day or two. Like we would there was times where we were recording Friday and releasing Friday. Yeah. And it was really hectic. So Uh, We tried to get ahead, and what ended up happening was we got ahead too much to where we were a couple weeks ahead, which doesn't make for good news when you have, like, relative news that's coming out this week and, you know, you're, you're, you're recording a video for two weeks ahead of time. It just doesn't make for good news. So we changed our release schedule. And we're now recording for recording on Fridays, which today is Friday. Woohoo! And we'll be releasing Monday. But with that, we had a couple episodes recorded, so we released uh, Jody James's episode on Monday, and we actually released uh, Carmen's episode today. This episode that we're recording today will be released on Monday. So, and then it'll just be a weekly thing for recording. So just to give everybody a heads up on what's going on and why you've seen a couple extra episodes in the last week.
0: We're not trying to play games with it. We're just trying to work it out so that we are a little ahead, but not so far ahead of the news cycle that we're releasing something that totally doesn't cover what the current topic is.
1: Well, Rob, there I, I missed the actual podcasting handbook to say, this is how you do it. So we're a relatively new show, and uh, we're growing as far as learning how to do things, when to do them. So yeah, bearing with us would be great.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of news.
1: Yes, there is a lot of news. Um, So let's start out with, what do you want to start out with, Rob? Give me one you, you want to start out with. You pick. All right. Ubuntu snaps to integrate fully with Gnome and KDE. So, according to Mark Shuttleworth, snaps continue for Ubuntu and other distributions. Now Fedora, OpenSUSE, Debian, and others, and they will also integrate fully with Gnome, KDE, and I hope, Elementary, and Mate. Wow. Wow, That would be awesome, huh? That would be awesome. They are an amazingly clean way to deliver apps, and since most of the major software companies target Ubuntu, this is a good way to enable other distros to benefit too. So that's something that if, well, that's we're on our way to what the whole idea of Snaps was, to be able to install a program on any distro at any time and have it be fully updated by itself, which is a great concept.
0: Absolutely is.
1: And as a side note, you can now install Snaps on Fedora. They do work, just so you know. And we'll put the links in the in the video show notes. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, in some Windows news, and we put in a little Windows news every now and then because many of you dual boot, and we completely understand that. So there is a new update that is rolling out. It's the Windows 10 Creators Update. And I think it gets the name Creators because they've actually, Rocco, updated uh, MS Paint, the paint program within the MS famous. MS Paint is exactly. <laughs> 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 That's basically what it is. They 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 did
1: update it. Just so you know,
0: <laughs> you can do these like 3D graphics. Uh, it's you know, it's I don't know, cheesy, but anyway, it is updating. Definitely cheesy, dude. Yeah, it's very cheesy. But along with that update are lots of security updates that allow you to go in and control certain aspects of your security. How much information Cortana uh, can capture and things like that. There's also an update to their. Uh, internal virus software and things like that. Now this isn't a massive rolling update yet. It's starting to roll out, but who knows? There's no set schedule. I don't think that says, you know, you're going to get it on such and such date. They roll it out when they want to. They're Microsoft. They do what they want. That's exactly right. No, but
1: I did watch a video by uh, Barnacles on the creator update. And according to him, The creator update resets a lot of your settings back to default. Mm. So, you know, Edge would be your default browser again. Uh, Cortana would be back on your desktop if you had removed it. Uh, All of these things are set back to default. And I guess that's, you know, Microsoft uh, giving the, I don't know, you the... The push to say, you know what, use this. This is great. Use this. You're going to love it. You're, You're going to love it. <laughs> it. Uh, but the big thing with the creators update is the privacy settings. Yes. So now it gives you extra options to choose for your privacy of what you want to allow them to have. But there's two two different settings. One is a hundred percent, and one is a, a basic, and that's that's what you get as far as choices are concerned but the basic still collects according to barnicles it still collects about 90% of what the full privacy you know open collects so they're not really giving you they're only it's almost like it's just off the cuff on on the top face value here let's look, let's see what you can give us but really behind the scenes they're really not giving in at all they're really still collecting most of everything that they collect even including the open
0: privacy. So, 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 so here's what they collect, Rocco. Tell me they what they col- collect, Rob. They collect your user information, including your location, your location history, your contacts, your voice input, your speech and handwriting patterns, your typing history, your searching history, your calendar details, your content, and your communication history for messages and apps.
1: Rob, I don't see in there what they don't collect. (laughs) (laughs) They pretty much collect everything. Uh, History, that's everything that you've done. Contacts is all of your friends. Your voice input means they're recording every detail of everything all the time.
0: Your calendar, so they know that you are at Linux Conference uh, 2017. Yep. You know, so. Speech patterns.
1: Speech patterns,
0: yeah. So.
1: Typing history.
0: So they're basically key logging. So, no, well, let's let's talk about speech patterns a minute and have a little fun with this, Rocco. So mm-hmm. being from the South, I've yep. got a Southern draw. So they know that the advertising information that they pass out for me needs to involve things like guns, yep. fishing, Cause, grit. Of course, because you're from the South, right? Because I'm from the South. Grit, <laughs> grits, sweet tea.
2: <laughs> oh that's
0: awesome i wondered why i get so many nest tea commercials popping i'm up.
1: telling you <laughs> but really i mean handwriting patterns i guess that's if you have a uh touchpad or a tablet or something uh but typing history so basically they are telling you that they are key logging something that they have touted against and you know yeah. uh they're any malware or any spyware software that they have looks for key loggers, but it looks for other key loggers except for what they're using, right?
0: When you read something like this, it makes you so glad you're a Linux user.
1: I'm telling you. Now, I have not updated. I'm a dual booter, so I have not updated to the creator's update yet because I haven't booted into it in a couple of days. So I'm sure that I'll get it. And like I said, I really only play it, use it to play games. And that's very rare as of late because I haven't had a whole lot of time to do that. But this is uh, one more reason why I love Linux. That's
0: right. <laughs> hey, Rocco, did you see anything about Anbox? And I'm probably, uh, again, I don't know how else it would be pronounced other than Anbox, A-N-B-O-X. It's Android in a box. Did you uh, did you see the news on that?
1: I actually did. Go right ahead, Rob.
0: Well, this is pretty cool. And this is the the... The person that is behind this, I believe, is Simon Fells from Canonical. And he's got a private side project. And I think this is pretty cool, actually. Uh, This is something I've thought about quite a bit. Uh, The project is a prototype of what he calls Anbox, which, again, is Linux in a box. It was born out of the idea of putting Android into a simple container based on LXC and bridging relevant parts over to the host operating system. But Rocco, what it's doing here, it's in a box, and, and he mentions that it doesn't have access to all of your mainstay applications within the Linux OS. So it's it's separated, but it works. Um, so basically, the Android applications, the focus here is to make that integrate into an existing desktop environment, just like they were regular applications uh, so you'd have them in a windowed environment that you could interact with, you know, this this uh, Linux app, just like any other app that you would have installed on your Linux system. And I think that's a great idea because you and I both have a fair share of Android apps that we absolutely love and use all the time. Yep. It so, would be
1: really nice to, you know, use certain Android apps on Linux. So that would be a great What if we were up. able
0: to install Pocket Cast, for example? I'm telling you, that no, would that be would awesome. Be nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. But this is still a early alpha, right? Very early. Yes, early alpha. All right. So it's definitely, you know, not a polished thing and going to work with everything. It's just it's a uh, in its infancy, but it is worth looking at.
0: Now, my understanding is right now it will only if you want to try this, it'll only work on a uh, an Ubuntu based distribution at this point. And I am sure the number of apps that would actually run are probably super limited, but yep. it'll be one to keep our eye on. Um, well, and, and and it harkens back too, to, to uh, Remix OS, who is trying to give you that desktop Android feel as well. So yep. in a different way though.
1: Well, Rob, all of the news with Ubuntu is out and it's uh, been talked about constantly but one of the latest things that have come out is uh, Jane Silver, who is the CEO for Canonical, is stepping down. So oh, yeah. she's been the CEO since 2010, and she wrote a nice blog post, basically a um, a blog post without any bad things in it, pretty much stating, thank you for allowing me the time to be at Canonical. Uh, originally, she was only scheduled to be the CEO for uh, five years and she's surpassed that. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, if things weren't going the way they were, she would still be the CEO. Yeah. But, uh, she is stepping down and I guess it's later in the year that, uh, Mark Shuttleworth will take over the reins and become the acting CEO. So,
0: well, this is not uncommon when you see a change of direction within a company, um, that's as major as this one is. Um, there's a shift in focus and things and sometimes change is good. That's all I'm going to say about it. And she seemed to be uh, someone, I mean, being there as long as she was, she must've done a good job while she was there. Um, and she extended past that, but there comes a time within companies and other situations where that change is simply needed. You know, you need a fresh set of eyes, um, directing things. So, um, we'll see how it goes. And
1: usually these people go on to, uh, Different things and better things. Yeah. Uh, she talks about going to the board of directors and she's also going to seek new challenges. So I'm sure she'll end up somewhere where she can provide help with her talent. So
0: absolutely. Well, in other news, Rocco, so Ubuntu 17.04 and all of its siblings, can I call them siblings maybe? or S- Siblings, uh, I guess you could. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've got all of the major releases there and. They suck. They all suck, Rocco. They're terrible. They're, they're terrible, these
1: things. We need to make a video of how terrible they
0: really are, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do that. I had to do that. I'm going to start putting out videos how bad all of these distros are, man. Um, all right. But, so,
1: in new features, what do you got in new features, Rob? Anything?
0: Well, actually, let, let me jump back over to that. I started laughing there and lost my place. <laughs> so, so, um, new features in 1704. So, Rocco, I have lost my place entirely. All right, we'll, there. I'll pick Please it up here. Jump 32,
1: in. Yep. 32-bit PowerPC was dropped. Um, they are now using a swap file instead of a swap partition. Yeah. And I'm not sure how that's going to actually play out because I don't use a swap partition now. Uh, right because of being on an ssd and there's you know it's the it's the, one of those age old questions you know it's the ford chevy question where yeah. you know should you use a swap should you not use a swap and basically with an ssd i choose not to use a swap because i don't feel like having it run the uh life cycle of it down so right but you have uh linux kernel 4.10 series you have uh driverless printing and i don't have a printer so you know, in videos that I make, I usually skip over the printing, and I know it's a big thing, but I don't have a printer installed. I don't have a, I don't own a printer to actually test it out or to see how well they actually work with it. So Uh LibreOffice has been updated to 5.3, and uh the Gnome portion of it has been updated to 3.24, and other little Features, but those are the major highlights of the the main release of Ubuntu.
0: Well, and then in the um, Ubuntu Mate side of things, lots of changes there. And I'm, I want to go over some of these. And I just, something came to me though, Rock. Are, are you going to mention
1: the bad parts of that? I'm, huh?
0: yeah, I'm sorry to keep <laughs> harping on this. Do you remember the show The Muppets? Yes. Do you remember the two old dudes who would always review a play or whatever they would sit they were sitting up in the balcony and the first one would say oh it was a good show and the second one would say yeah it was an okay show and then he'd come back and he'd say oh i hated it yeah <laughs> worst show i've ever seen
1: no i don't know if i remember that but okay remember
0: that? we can do that with all of the ubuntu versions you know we this could. was good we should <laughs> That's right. so, now lots of changes here for ubuntu mate and uh a lot of those involve the uh mate desktop and the 1.18 components everything is switched over now to uh, gtk3 uh the mate applets have been updated the control center center the panel um eye of mate uh the sensors applet the settings daemon um kaja has been updated the and that's one area i will hit on i There are better file managers out there than Kaj. I mean, it's competent and it does a good job, but there's certain things I think that still need to be tweaked in there. (coughs) Dolphin. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. (laughs) That's right. right, right. Uh, The Mate Utilities, uh, again, these are all in that 1.18.1 session there. The Mate Icon Theme, the Mate Themes, and then the Brisk Menu was added in. Um, The Mate Doc Applet has been upgraded. I mean, this is a long list, the artwork. Uh, and again, a lot of this uh, harkens over to uh, in the looks department, fixes in GTK3. Um, let's see. Upgrades to the Ubuntu Mate Welcome Center. And that thing is so nice. I mean, that's a huge part of what makes it what it is. It's awesome.
1: It, it is. It, look, again, we'll go back to the making the videos, but Everything about Mate ha- that has been coming out has been really good. I don't see how you cannot praise it and say, "Man, that's really good." Man, that's really yeah. good. Hey, that's really good too. I mean, how can you not when it is? So
0: it's so so. It's okay. It's
1: it's just okay.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. I hate well, it. we also have why are we Ubuntu- even talking about this distro, Rocco? I don't get it. <laughs>
1: just because <laughs> we also have uh, Ubuntu GNOME, which is released its version and along with the the updates that we talked about for Ubuntu it's going to apply to all of those updates for the swap partition the kernel are going to apply to all the flavors but GNOME itself is updated to 3.24 and they actually came out with a 3.24.1 release I think today so uh, they but what's interesting about this release is there's a little paragraph inside the release notes, and then I guess Softpedia did an actual article on it, that it says that as a result of their of this decision, there'll be no longer a separate GNOME flavor of Ubuntu. So everybody, when Canonical said they were going to switch over to GNOME, everybody wondered how this was going to come out, what is, what's going to happen with Unity people, and what's going to happen with the GNOME people. So there will be no longer a separate GNOME flavor of Ubuntu. The development teams from both Ubuntu GNOME and Ubuntu Desktop will be merging resources and focusing on a single combined release that provides the best of both GNOME and Ubuntu. So they're currently liaison, liaising Lia- is that how you say it? It okay. with the canonical teams on how this will work out, and more details will be announced, obviously, in the future. But you know, you, everybody's wondering how it's going to play out. Are they going to flip it? Like I had said, maybe they're going to flip it, where Gnome will be the main flavor and Unity will just be a an, sub, an added a, uh, sub a, sub yeah. a flavor. They'll just switch places. But actually, they're going to combine and uh, do it together. So, hey, I don't you, know exactly what that means for Gnome and Unity. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know what that means. Like maybe they're going to like merge different features together.
0: Ma- maybe maybe i mean you think about i tell you how this kind of makes me feel it makes me feel like the um the drop of unity so to speak is is happening quicker than one might think like like it's like everybody realizes now okay unity's done yep so when you wake up in the morning and go to work i don't want you thinking about unity any anymore i want you to think about pieces of unity that we could incorporate over into nome that's kind of the way that makes me feel. You know. Well, I mean, you that.
1: figure they have they got eighteen oh four. They have to have it ready. So basically, they have a year to get it ready. And yeah. it's not like it's impossible, but it's it's definitely something that uh, they have to start focusing on right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Lots
1: of- uh, next year, if you're using sixteen oh four, you'll be prompted to upgrade to eighteen oh four. So. Uh, this, uh, But the upgrade should happen with the release of 17.10. So that's yep. pretty much the Ubuntu GNOME release.
0: Well, and then continuing on, Kubuntu 17.04 has released. And um, big news there, you've got the KDE framework of 5.31 with Plasma 5.9.4 and KDE applications uh, 16.12.3.
1: Five point nine point four is the latest release, so that's a good thing.
0: Yep, yep. Now, have you recently run five? I mean, have you been into it to know if you know is that a big update or just minor?
1: Five point nine point four was just a bug fix release, and okay. so will five point nine point five. That that's they're basically refining everything to make to make it to where it's as stable as five point eight point five was. So, you know when it comes out 5.9 and the one, two, three, they have, you know, issues, sometimes minor glitches here and there problems. And then the next point releases like four and five are all trying to make it yeah. all smooth and polish it out. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and there's some other improvements here. They've got newer versions of QT updates to the major packages like credit, Caden live, uh, Firefox and LibreOffice, And it's good to see this because, um, it always, you know, when KDE Neon came out, and then if you're on a rolling release distro, um, you know, an arch-based distro, let's say, it's like Kubuntu was being left in the dust. Well,
1: you, you know, know why, you, Rob? Why is that? Well, because it's terrible. Oh, I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's? It's absolutely terrible. I mean, <laughs> we should point out the fact that it's just, it's really bad in this area over here somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's fine. So, no, it's good. So, but it is good to see all of those updates uh, coming in. So,
1: All right, so we got Ubuntu Budgie that also released theirs. And again, they have the same uh, scenario as far as all the updates for the base. But they also have updated their look and feel. So they yeah. have material designs of Adapta and the Vimix theme. Uh, they have a startup wizard for the first logon, and it's it's a welcome screen. It's not as good or polished as Ubuntu Mate is, but it is a decent welcome screen. Uh, they have a browser chooser, basically, so you can choose which one you want to be or to use. And they have overhauled the delivery of the application set. So they are, they're also using different... Uh, applications like, for example, Terminix, Terminix Terminal okay. Emulator instead of uh, uh, the actual GNOME Terminal. So yeah. have I, you tried I, Ubuntu Budgie?
0: No. And I'm just, well, it, it's been a long time. Let me say that. Um, just looking at this thing, I've got to install this and check it out because just with their theming and everything they're doing looks pretty nice.
1: Well, I haven't checked it out lately. I did download it to check it out and I'll be installing it, but the last time that I had checked it out, it it looked nice then. Um, it just has a a nice feel to it. It has a, a top panel. Uh, it has the budgie menu. Yep. Clock in the center.
0: Uh, all your system tray. The, the, the raven panel to the yeah. to the right. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Your raven panel, and it has a dock over on the left hand side. So. Oh wow. Uh, it's it's actually a pretty nice distro. So.
0: Well, I'm going to check that out. You think you'll do a video on it?
1: I'm probably going to do a video on all of the Ubuntu releases at some point. I just got to get the time to do it.
0: I I want to speak to that just a minute too. Um, I can't think of a time where I have been on Ubuntu based distros as long as I have. Uh, I've had Ubuntu GNOME. I had that running for a while. Um, I've just never been a big Ubuntu user. And now with the Ubuntu GNOME, which was running very well, I'll say uh, except for the fact that the whole OS absolutely stinks, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no. but no, you it should was probably running.
1: highlight that more, Rob. <laughs>
0: yeah, <Should laughs> probably highlight that more. No, it was running really, really well, and I had fun tweaking that out to kind of give it that unity look. And now with Ubuntu Mate, loving it. Um, I can't believe I. have I mean, like, I have no desire to really, other than maybe putting Ubuntu Budgie on there to check that out. I just, you know, you're, I'm more of an arch guy, uh, but I've been impressed with what I'm seeing coming coming from all of these Ubuntu-based distros. I'm having a little change of heart, maybe. They're
1: getting better and better, man. <laughs> all right. And also, there's a couple other uh, releases for the flavors, too, like Chillin' and Ubuntu Studio. And, you know, I'm not going to go into all of the details for Chillin'.
0: Right. Right. But
1: our, Obi, our friend Jody James, Obi Revenge, has a new release, Rob.
0: Yes. So the big
1: announcement is the end of 32-bit support. Yeah, that's a trend. Well, well, that's in Arch itself. So he talks about in a blog post several months ago, Arch Linux announced that they were phasing out support for 32-bit. So the Arch Linux ISOs have not supported i686 installations for a couple months now. So And support will end in November. And because Mm. OBR uses the Arch Linux base, they're not going to be able to support uh, 32-bit. So by November, you're going to have to find some other way of support. So it'll be 64-bit only.
0: Well, I have got to get this latest update installed, but I noticed one of our friends has already done a review. Let me pop over to YouTube, Rocco hold that train of thought cuz Jody's I mean this guy I, I swear I don't know if the man sleeps because this thing has been updated and tweaked and refined um at a level for one man that I just it's mind blowing. Uh let's well, see here.
1: You got guys like him and Ikey doherty who just yeah spend enormous amount of time uh perfecting these these distros that they put out and it's amazing because you know they have day jobs. You know yep. that they work at, and they use all their extra time to put into this. And hats off to all of them, and all of the the people that actually contribute to everything, operating systems, distros, Ubuntu, Mate, all of them. Because without that, we wouldn't be talking about it.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to find who just recently did uh, a video on Jody's latest update, and man, I can't find it now. Of course. Um, of course you can't find as, it because
1: you want to find it, right?
0: <laughs> as soon as the show ends, it'll be right there in front of me. But anyway, that is one that I definitely want to install and have another look at and do another video on as well. So happy to see that that is released. So Rocco, does that bring us to... Are um, you going to talk about our guest or are we going to leave everyone in suspense?
1: Well, our guest, Michael Tunnell, he has a... He's like all over the place, dude. He is... He's everywhere. He's uh, producer Michael on Linux Unplugged. He's involved in contributing to all kinds of different projects like Ubuntu Mate, Entergos, uh, and a couple other distros as well. Uh, he also has his own YouTube channel, uh, Tux Digital, and he's putting out a new show, which I have to say is really good. It's a, it's a show where he... Basically, takes the news headlines and elaborates on them, and he's got a really good um, technical view on things. Great. And I mean, he he's an all around
0: Linux guy. So
1: let's get to talk to him.
0: Yeah, it'll be great. Um, look forward to this. Now, before we get into that, we've got some uh, feedback from some of the viewers and listeners of Destination Linux.
1: All right, let's do the feedback first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we've got and and I just will say this, um, over our last few shows, we have not, just because of the time and some of the the uh, length of the show, we haven't addressed um, you, the viewer or you the listener. And uh, we do read over comments and suggestions and emails and things like that. It's just a matter of trying to condense everything down into a, a particular time format that we haven't covered it. So, In under five hours. That's what we're, yeah, trying we're trying to
1: condense it to under five hours.
0: Thank you. So uh, from one of our viewers who was going by the uh, tag of BA471, and we know who you are and you know who you are, I just wanted to mention a couple of highlights. So um, version 26 of uh, Fedora, the alpha, is available now. So we wanted to highlight that, uh, or BA-471 wanted to highlight that. And then, of course, as we've been talking about Canonical, um, there are cuts to the employees and everything, but they're scaling Canonical down somewhat. Um, Never good to see job loss.
1: No, it's a shame that somebody will lose their job but you know what it's it's part of life and it's a part of business and you don't want to see it happen but those people will go on to better things.
0: That's exactly right there's a lot of talent there that will find other avenues and then also in the list there uh, kernel 4.12 is adding support for upcoming AMD Vega GPUs. So I'm still blown away by the rate at which the Linux kernel is updated. It's incredible.
1: It is. They do so much. And and again, it goes back to, I don't know where they find the time to do all this, but because I barely have the time to go to work and make a video every now and then for crying out loud.
0: (laughs) I know. So thank thank you. Thank you, BA471.
1: And we got an email from Jim. Jim. And he wants to let us know about, we had talked about a problem with, uh, I actually had brought up an issue where I would actually have to reboot to get my network manager to connect again. And he said, uh, I always used to have this problem instead of a reboot I found online. And he can't remember where, but a, a terminal command, pseudo system control restart network manager. And that worked and prevented a reboot. And what that does is it actually restarts the network manager but and that's good for certain distributions but for certain desktop environments that doesn't work like on kde specifically i know that that doesn't work there's a different command and i don't know off the top of my head the command for that but um it does work in certain uh environments so the problem stopped recently for me however my upgrade to 1604.2 coincided with the change of isp and router uh didn't think until I listened to this episode that I hadn't pinned the problem to the router or the Wi-Fi driver, which is the Broadcom kernel. So, mm. appreciate the uh, email, Jim. And it definitely does, that command does work in certain desktop environments. And if you have that issue where you can't connect to the to the, uh, Wi-Fi, it won't connect, you can restart the network manager.
0: Very good. Very good. And then next up from Bjorn, all the way from Germany. Says, uh, hi, Destination Linux. A uh, really great show. I wanted to comment on the KDE sound switching issue. When you click on the sound icon in the system tray, switch to the applications tab. There, you can drag and drop the application sounds to your audio devices. There are also options in the sound settings to change the behavior of the switching, and this is in quotes here change just one application or change all applications at once for example Uh, keep on with the great work and greetings from germany so thank you bjorn we appreciate it very much uh that's an excellent tip there
1: yep and plasma 5.10 is working on uh not correcting but implementing new features to allow you to change the sound outputs so that's a that's an upcoming feature for them
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, that, all right. that's so it for that our it, YouTube viewer. That's it, yes. All yes. right. So
1: now we can get to the guest. Can we get to the guest? Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Let's talk to Michael Tanell, All right, Michael, welcome to Destination Linux. Thank you for having me. So you are all over the place, man. You are yes. everywhere in Linux. Everywhere I go, I see your name. So... What's the history behind that? Where did you get started in Linux?
2: Uh, that's a while back. Um, I was either 98 or 99. I'm not sure. It was uh, either late 98, early 99. Uh, it was My first distro was Debian. And uh, I was just kind of playing with stuff. And I, I heard about it. And I don't remember at all where I heard about it. But then I started playing with it and uh, realized that it was torture. <laughs> so decided to not continue using it although i did still play with it every now and then but it it was it was not until like 2004 2005 when i started using it like a lot um but i, I throughout the, the, throughout since the years i just every once in a while i would just like load it up and stuff and then it started becoming my primary about 2004 2005 and then i completely abandoned windows in 2008 i think so I've, I actually have, I haven't run Windows as a main primary thing for almost a decade. Um, but I'll still go ahead and round it up as a decade.
1: So do you still run Windows at all? you dual boot or anything?
2: Uh, that, uh, okay. So technically, yes, but not really. So I have a virtual <laughs> machine that, is, that has a Windows on it. And it's solely so I can run Photoshop. And That's it. It does does nothing else. So I don't call I don't consider it running Windows. It's running Photoshop.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to explain it. And I bet if we did a poll, there are a ton of people out there who have Windows maybe for one specific piece of software.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If, it,
0: if it's not gaming, then it's oh yeah one specific piece of software.
2: I I have I used to use more than one, but now it's just well I mean technically I use Illustrator too, but there's a the VM, there's a separate VM that I typically use for that one, but it's basically just like the the VMs itself are just one app and that's it. And I I have them separated so I can like lower the amount of RAM that's used, and uh, I've also made it completely hundred percent secure, like one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and it's also XP.
1: Oh wow, XP one hundred percent. Isn't that 100%. an oxymoron?
2: <laughs> Yeah, except there's only one way. There is absolutely zero internet. No connection. Uh, That's what I was going to say. No connection. (laughs) I can I can share files back and forth with the host, but the host, the guest can't get out at all.
1: Yeah. Well, geez, the way today's technology is going and what they have, they don't need internet anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I actually. They the as soon as I upgrade to the latest version of uh, Photoshop, I will actually need internet because they changed the way it's built. There's yeah. always one program that keeps you yep. on. Always just lingering. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've, I have to use Photoshop because I'm a professional designer, so it's there's no option. Right. But if I, if there was, I would absolutely not use Windows. But um, I've also built some weird things to see if I could run Windows in the same machine without doing any dual booting or partitioning or grub work and stuff like that. So technically, I do have that set up. I just don't use it. It was just more curiosity if it would work. Now, Michael,
0: a lot of designers uh, typically you'll hear that they run Mac. Is that something? Have you gone down the Mac path at you all?
2: Okay. I have used Mac. I've used it with other people's computers, but I've never owned a Mac, and I have no intention to, because uh, the difference between Mac and Linux is very limited, is other than the fact that you know there's a, a different infrastructure of a few things, but they're also very similar. So like all the benefits you get with the Mac, you also get with Linux, except for the there's a couple applications that I want. But I'm not willing to spend fifteen hundred dollars, on right. top of spending the money for the application itself. No, no thanks. Especially yeah. considering in two years that machine will die. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's right. All right. So you you're in Linux. You're web developer. Um, you are a web designer. Yep. How did you get started with uh, Linux Unplugged?
2: Um. Well, technically, I started with Unplugged uh, watching Linux Action Show like when I first started using Linux, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. And I just and randomly found it on YouTube, started watching it. And then around 2012, I um, offered to help, and I've been helping there ever since. And uh, every, I was doing different things at different times, becoming a, like a mod in the IRC, becoming like doing a mod for their mumble and then also became a producer for Linux action show and Linux unplugged as well as contribute to Linux unplugged as, you know, discussion channel part. Right. So like, so you, like
1: uh, I said, I think, you're all over the place.
2: Oh yeah. That's only, I and mean, then that's only one, I'm all over that one place, but you can add it at like another 50 places and I'm there too. Like, uh, I'm not even sure if you're aware of this, but I don't, cause I don't really promote most of the stuff I do, uh, just because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working on my new website for let's see 2 years now and um <laughs> so it hasn't it hasn't been updated for a while.
0: Are you paying yourself by the hour?
2: Uh absolutely.
0: <laughs>
2: With uh it's 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 usually just Cheetos but you know. Cheetos are good. <laughs> <laughs> but they um the uh, The issue is that I have like so much stuff I'm, go, I'm I'm working on and so many things that I'm involved in, and there's like two or three places to figure out where it are where it is and it's all scattered. So um, I'm the, one of the community managers, well, mainly the head community manager of Integris. Really? Yeah, and also a contrib- a big contributor to Ubuntu Mate. I've I worked on high DBI support for the latest release. Um, I've done it like over the course of the the existence of Ubuntu Mate. I've worked on a, various different things, but mostly graphics related.
0: Okay, I gotta stop you there. I gotta stop you there because I just released a video on Ubuntu Mate 1704 and there were three or four people in there who just were screaming no high DPI support.
2: Oh yeah, there is. It's just it's it's not by default. You gotta turn it on and get change some settings.
0: Okay. I've got to dig into that and yeah, I need I need to do a video on that because people aren't finding it, or and I wasn't aware of it.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't consider it be like, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, perfect in the way, like, in the way that um, Unity has, like, automatic, you just, I want to turn it on, and then it just changes everything. It doesn't work like that in a, in a Monte yet, but that's, you know, there, there's bits and pieces that are still being worked on for that, but uh, um, I, I the, all the, st- the stuff I'm working on is, like, compartmentalized things. So, like, okay. Uh, Martin will send me some like hair work on this, and then I'll make some graphics and stuff. And so, like, the last thing I did was like um, I made about two hundred and two hundred fifty some around icons to I, I improve those to be high DPI. So uh-huh. yeah, that that was um, I don't know a couple months ago, a few months ago.
1: Well, I was told that you made the the grid view for the welcome screen too. I was yeah. corrected. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I did. Because I said that's what it needs and lo and behold, it was there. Yeah, But I'm telling you, it needs a button.
2: Well, the hard part about that is that it's it's inside of a, 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 a wrapper, so you'd have to send a look at the nerdy web guys, you've got to send a DOM command to tell the the, the, brow, the window itself outside of its own control to maximize. Right. So, at the best I could do is probably like uh, have a button that when you click it, it tells you to maximize.
0: I like the way Martin played it out though. So when Rocco mentioned that, Martin <laughs> says, hold on a minute. And he was typing, you know, like he was typing and then he says, yeah. try it now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause uh, I actually released a video on my channel about that about a year ago. Um, and it was kind of like, I was just kind of playing with it. I just put, I put the video on the, on the channel, just to see what anybody's reaction would be. be like, well, one, do you like this feature? And two, do you want me to do more videos of the, the things I'm building and stuff like that? Um, there was a lot of people who did want me to continue and uh, I should probably start continuing that. <laughs> it's start continuing.
0: Hate. I like that. Um, I'm going can I use that? Start oh, continuing.
2: Sure.
0: Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But now, on I, the, on the enter Gus, side or enter side, I bounce Interrogos. back and forth. Entergos, thank you.
2: It's it's the proper way is Antergos. It's a Galician. Thank you. Way.
0: Okay, I See, I like that even better. That happens to be one of my favorite. I mean, on the arch mm-hmm. side of things, that is like that's like my like if all distros all of a sudden had a problem, the one that I would go back to would be Antergos.
2: Yeah, um, for, for me, I have it I have two machines, and Antergos is always on one of them.
0: All right. Are you running KDE? Are you running what what desktop?
2: I I use KDE Plasma. Okay. Uh, for for both machines uh, and pretty much every distro I use now. Yeah. yeah and you're with, kind of,
0: you're kind of known on the KDE side of things.
2: I I guess. I mean, I wasn't really aware that that was a thing. Uh, I mean i've I've known I've had people tell me that I've become like a a serious advocate for it, but I'm I've uh, I'm not sure if anybody else knows. I'm not sure how widely it is known that I use it. I don't, you know, but uh, I use Plasma for everything, and it's been the same. I've been doing it for a couple of years, and what's funny is that I used to be a huge fan of GNOME, and I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and he was like, um, "You should, you should just use KDE." I was like, uh, "Yeah, okay, sure, thanks." Bud. <laughs> right, and then um, then he was, and then we we argued for so like a week just back and forth about how it's, how I was saying it was bloated and useless. And by the way, neither are true. Uh, And then he he, he convinced me about this because I was complaining about a game running in Gnome. Not, not well. And he said, Oh, it's because you're running in full screen. And sometimes the graphics drivers don't have support for full screen. So you could just do it in window mode. I was like, well, yeah, but I don't want to see all the stupid uh, panels and dash and stuff. Also while I'm gaming, he's like, yeah, but KDE Plasma, you don't have to do that. You put it in window mode, maximize the window, turn off the borders, and you now have a faux full screen. Yep. It's actually full screen, but isn't running in a full screen rendering. So that was the first time I was like, uh what now?
0: So so that that was like the light turned on, huh? Yeah.
2: Like and he explained that power. I was like, uh okay, I gotta find out just how much i can do with this and then uh i played with it for a couple days because i I promised him i would like you know test it for a couple days and then then that turned into a couple weeks and then now it's been like two maybe three years i'm not sure wow wow so it's i'm i'm a huge fan of plasma just because it's so powerful i mean the defaults are terrible but the, the whole thing itself is powerful and awesome like as soon as the worst thing about it is that the defaults are so irritating in some cases that people just don't bother trying the rest of it. But if you actually go into the bits and pieces of it, it's, it's amazing. Like
0: it is, it is. I, I once went through this experiment with one of my hybrid devices that's, you know, touchscreen designed to become a tablet kind of thing. And um, so the first thing I put on there was Ubuntu just to. I thought, hey, if anything's going to make this work the way it should, it's going to be Unity. But I found out after trial and error with trying pretty much every desktop. Well, I didn't put XFCE on there. But the one that I was able to configure and make it work the best was KDE, which I would have bet money would not have been the case. But it is so configurable.
2: Yeah, you can make it do whatever you want. I'm actually making a video right now where I'm explaining why Canonical screwed up when choosing GNOME on the return. Yeah. And it's going to be a video about... Basically, I'm going to tell like, you know all the great things that are in Unity that people love? Well, here's how to do them in Plasma. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, listen, that'll be a great video. And I've been trying to get Rocco to try KDE for some time now. Maybe he'll listen to you, man.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> it, just, it just seems so difficult. There's so many settings inside. and no, actually... um, <laughs> I stumbled on you for the first time because of a KDE video you made a while back, and there was there wasn't many videos out there explaining with any with any real technical knowledge of how good KDE could be or what was actually happening with the settings that you were you were actually switching on and switching off. So that's the first time that I actually saw one of your videos.
2: Nice. Um, I started. I need to go back and do more of these things i like i usually just do i have an idea and like this is gonna be a series and there's episode one moving to another series (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i need to i need to actually like stick to those things that's kind of why when i started the my uh my news podcast it was kind of like um in the first video i'm gonna give myself a schedule and force myself to do it because i'm telling everyone who's listening that i'm doing it because otherwise I, I, every other video you talk about oh, you can see that I'll say something like and then my next video I'll do this. And it, it could be any time, you know, <laughs> you know, just, pay, just subscribe, pay attention. I or, can't say that I've okay. ever done that before in my
1: life. <laughs> the
2: worst thing is that usually my uh I've had probably two videos that I've said I'm going to do and I haven't done them in ever and it's and it's it's not like they're like big deals, or pro- but there's one. The one. That, this is kind of sad, but the channel trailer for my for my channel, it has me saying that I'm gonna make a video about um, what's the best distro to pick. I've never done that video.
0: Right, that'd be a hard and, one.
2: Yeah, and it's been about a year and a half. No, no, about a year, maybe actually, about a year and a month, maybe. But it's like. My channel is like every time I look at my every time I go to my channel and like the non-u view and it shows you the channel trail, it's like ah oh, I got yep. yeah. All
1: right, so let's talk about your new show. What it, what exactly is it, and why did you start
2: it? Well, uh, it's a it's a Linux news show. It's a weekly show roundup of all the news that's um, that's happened over the course of the of the week, and sometimes I'll bring out things that are a little bit older, but if it's really interesting to me or something like that. But uh it's typically just a news show for the week and it's because there's a lot of the times I would be um I kind of just wanted this to exist and it did used to exist. I it's in multiple cases like there's been multiple people who've tried to do something like this but it's never been consistent. So I just wanted to provide an option that people could subscribe to and then, like they care about the Linux news, but they don't care about having to, you know, every day go and check the news blogs and go and check all this other stuff. And that way, if they want to just, uh, you know, put a podcast on while they're going to work on the next day or something, they could just listen to it that way. And they get all the news and stuff like that. So that's that's why, that's the goal of what I'm trying to do. And uh, so far, I've done it once. So let's, you know, see if there's an episode two. <laughs>
0: Well, I started something similar to that, but the problem is, is the consistency, you know, and I've, I've got maybe five or six that I've, and then, so when Rocco and I first started Destination Linux, it, the news was a big part of that. But then we ran into a couple of issues. Number one, we wanted to get ahead on the podcast because the release schedule, you know, we were trying to, we thought, Hey, this is going to be great. We'll get a week or two ahead. The problem with that is the news moves so fast.
2: Oh absolutely.
0: And if so if you're holding back a week or two, you could miss a tremendous amount. So yeah. doing the news is something you really need to be dedicated to to stay on top of the cycle. Um, you know, it's faster than ever now. So
2: Yeah, I'm 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 not dedicated to doing it every day, but I'll definitely do it like once a week. So because uh, I'm going to look at the news anyway, and I typically look at it once a week. Sometimes I'll look at it like uh, periodically, and sometimes I'll even submit news to different websites like OMG Ubuntu and stuff like that. And uh, uh, Joey t- one time told me I was like a, a, a news tip pinata. That anytime <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just randomly, I'll just give him some like some candy, and he'll just do like awesome things. And I was like. Uh, does that mean you're hitting me all the time? But get the to get the tips. Is that what it is? He's like, I didn't think about that through. But it, <laughs> so let's just let's just move on.
0: <laughs> so uh, I've got to ask you: What are your thoughts with uh, the whole Unity change and everything? Of course, that's been huge news over the mm-hmm. past week or so, and you know, lots of shakeup within Canonical. What are your thoughts there?
2: Uh, well, the Unity thing is 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 kind of. Mixed feelings. Some of it makes sense. Some of it's unfortunate. Uh, I wish they would have done things differently in the sense of like how they handle the the switch. Like like I said, I would rather them go to plasma than gnome. But that's also because um, I used to be a gnome fan, and I and I was even a maintainer of like ten extensions for gnome. And then I just got sick of having to change like fix things every few months. Like it just it was just frustrating. And I, since I've run uh, KDE Plasma, I've not had to do that at all. Like it just continues to work. I mean, the, the, most of the stuff that was working in four still works in five. They had to port to different frameworks and stuff, but it's like if you have a theme, it's probably going to work for both both of them, um, or especially the icon themes and stuff like that. So yeah. I just that's why I wanted. You know that's why I think people should more people should pay attention to plasma because it has like so much potential. But the unity thing is interesting because I I, I kind of started doing the show because of the thing. I, I was going to do it anyway, but I decided to start the episode when I did because it was like, how could you have a news show and miss one of the most important news episode like a, a issues in years? Right. So I was like, okay, I'm just I'll, I'll just go ahead and do it, and. uh like I started learning so much about the stuff. Like I, I even had like um, if there was a Google Plus thread that Mark Shuttleworth did, and he just started answering questions. And, and because I already was paying attention to most of what the Unity and, and the bunch of stuff was happening, I already knew most of what, and I, I actually expected a few things and predicted the whole CEO change. But um, all all those things I kind of already expected. So I just I took the opportunity to just ask him a completely irrelevant question. So I asked him about Appimages and what his opinions of them are. And he said he liked them and that uh, he was impressed by them. Uh, of course, he also said snaps are better, but that's fine. <laughs> well, well of course
1: just, he would say snaps are better.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree they are, but, you know, fundamentally, like, in the long run. But uh, it's just interesting because I was just like, ah, I don't really have a question about this going on. So here's this random thing that see if you'll answer but uh, the the Unity, Unity thing about the, like, it makes sense that they changed the CEOs because the only reason he left is to work on Unity and the vision and now that's done, so he's back to CEO. So, that makes sense. But um, the, the hand, giving hands off to, like, giving it to Gnome, but also, like, not putting much effort into it. Not in the sense of effort, but in the sense of, like, design, customization changes for, like, their vision and whatever. They just kind of haphazardly are going to just throw it all away and that's really disappointing because I think Unity was a really good design it wasn't customizable enough for me but overall it's like it's it's very impressive especially with like multi-monitor support um, like the touch support high, uh, high, high, high definition uh, images and stuff like that like there's um, a lot of people don't know is that Unity had the absolute best touch interface of any desktop environment because it, you could, like, all the support that you expect to be in a touch interface, like multiple, multiple finger scroll, pinch to zoom, all that stuff was is in Unity. So it was just something like, uh, are we losing all of these innovations? Because some of them, some of the things they did were innovative and uh, some were pretty annoying. But, you know, overall, I kind of, I just, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because some of, part of me is like, hey, that's that's great. You're you're embracing the community more. And the other part of me is like, but the community's not embracing your stuff, so that's disappointing. Uh, and that's kind of why I wanted to do that video about plasma being a like a foundation for Unity because, like, the vast majority of things that are innovative in Unity have been adopted in Plasma, not default, but they're there. Like global menus there. Uh, HUD functionality is there. Uh, like Even the small bits that people are like, uh, I want to put Super 1, 2, and 3 to open the applications on the launcher. That's a built-in feature default, actually. Um, but most people don't know it's there because they don't ever promote stuff like that. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like the U- the Unity interface is good. If it was customizable as Plasma, I would love it. So, if Unity was made on Plasma, that would be amazing. Yep.
0: Yeah, it would be. Uh, well, look forward to seeing your video. And on a slight twist, I guess I've got a question for you. What's your take on Qt versus GTK? And it seems like right now Qt has some momentum behind it.
2: Um, yeah, I would say um, Qt is better overall fundamentally because the cross platform uh, is much more reliable. Like, the the version for QT on Linux is the same on Windows. The version of GTK on Linux is about six versions newer than the version on Windows. <laughs> but it's like, uh, okay, so if I want to support cross-platform, I have to deal with this ancient toolkit that you made. Like, uh, great, thanks. Uh, in some cases, it's almost like really hard to get uh, GTK on Mac. Like, it'll work. But it's also not up to date, even though there's, you know, they're very similar. It's still not up to date. And uh, the, the main reason that people didn't like Qt in a the, in the long time ago is because it was uh, closed source. But that's been changed since uh, 2011. And I think uh, officially, 100%, they changed their license to be free software 2014. So I, I'm i a big fan of it overall because it, it's it's a little bit more resource intensive but not much and uh the the power it gives you is 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 also pretty impressive because the like my my issue is is like with GTK, they're focusing on client-side decorations i hate client-side decorations i hate them with a passion
0: don't hold back don't tell us how you really (laughs) feel don't sugarcoat it i'm not (laughs) not, tell us what you really think
2: i'll try not to um (laughs) So they're okay, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, I hate them so much. Like, it's not because of what they're doing like design-wise. It's the functionality that they rip out in order to do the design-wise. So, for example, uh, Epiphany is my favorite example because of how pointless it is. There's, um, there's a feature in, in Epiphany that is actually really good that a lot of people don't even know exists. It's a app manager, so you can you can make desktop apps like you can with uh, with with Chrome. So you can like remove all the borders and stuff like that, and make it like individual applications based on web apps. That's cool, uh, but Epiphany does it better than Chrome by a ton because there's one specific feature that Chrome does not do that makes it worthless, and that is individual session management. With Chrome, you have one session, and that's it. So if you have multiple um, web apps. You have one. You have one web app, but you want to use it like three different times with three different accounts. Chrome, that's impossible, unless you do this weird, fangled profile thing in the command line. But with Epiphany, you just create three of them, and they're automatically separate. Huh. So I it's had a, no clue that that was at all available. Yeah. Epiphany. Uh, Epiphany does it. Midori does it. Um, Ubuntu browser does it, which is like a a like Unity uh, eight app. But it actually works on the regular desktop too. But um, Epiphany does it, and it does it probably the best overall, other than the thing I found re- recently. But as far as the available browsers, it's, it's the one that does it the best. And um, when you make an app, it gives you the client-side decorations. And that client-side de- dec- decoration includes <clears throat> back, back forward, refresh, that's it. When you right-click in that web app, you get back, forward, and refresh. Wow. And so the client-side decorations are 100% useless, and they take up like like 5% of the screen because they're huge. We were like, when, when, I, when I asked them about that, they were like, well, that's not really the problem because you know you, if you combine the title bar and the menu bar and the toolbar, which we did, you're saving space like, yeah, but it's a web app. I don't need any of this.
0: That's right. The whole purpose, you know, yeah. is to avoid all of that.
2: Right. Because I, I have TweetDeck and I want to use TweetDeck and it's the full size because it is individually designed to not interact with any kind of Chrome or like Chrome as in user Chrome, like the actual term that Google stole. And blah, Anyway. Um,
0: yeah.
2: So like the the, the, the fact that it's always there and is impossible to get rid of is just irritating. Yeah. And, and it's because they use client-side decorations because it's dependent on the developer to provide that feature in order to use it. And whereas the if you use the window manager way, like the system uh, decorations, it you can, basi- you can basically do whatever you want. And QT is based on that. So by default, you use the system decorations and you're given control of whatever you want to do. So typically, I want to... Remove useless parts of this of the uh, menu or r- ridiculous uh, state, space uh, wasters. So, for example, like yeah, people say the title bars are heavy or big or whatever. They waste space. Like yeah, but in plasma, I can just remove them. I don't care. Right. Like it, it doesn't get in my way because if I don't want them, I get rid of them.
0: Boy, you see that in GNOME quite a bit. It's not as bad as it used to be, but there there are certain applications you open up and there's tons of wasted space. I mean, gray space where yeah. it's just like a UI design thing or something where why is that there? And, you know, it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it.
2: Yeah. I you was uh, I was watching your uh, episode with Martin Wimpress. Yeah. He was complaining about the G edit button. So I was like, I I've ne- I don't use G edit. So how how annoying is this? So I loaded it up and full screened it like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <There we> <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I agree completely. Like they they do some weird decisions, and some of them are really good. They do have some good decisions, like uh, the 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 way they manage the searching in in Nautilus is cool. Um, The fact that they changed Nautilus into files is dumb, but um, uh, because they didn't actually change it, that's the worst part. Everything they have that had a name of some weird name, uh, Nautilus, Epiphany, whatever, they changed them on the labels. But the applications are still called that. So, like, if you want to load Epiphany in the in the, the command line, you don't you don't load you don't say GNOME Web. You just type in Epiphany,
0: and it'll it's still, still like, load the same.
2: Yeah, there is no GNOME Web on the command line. It doesn't exist. So wow. it is purely label. And the same thing with Nautilus. Now it's Files. Well, not really. It's still Nautilus. And like, um, like basically everything they they've done so far that had an existing name, they they didn't really change the names of any of them. So it's kind of irritating because when I was like I wrote an article about the web apps for makeuseof.com um, which by the way I'm also an article a writer uh, so there about Lin- specifically linux uh, but well that's not true I wrote about firefox once but that's not the point so <laughs> I I um, I wrote an article about epiphany the web app stuff in epiphany and one of the things I complained about was the cl- client side decorations were terrible and um, when I was when I was writing it I, I expected, you know, somewhat of a response from the the developers. To you know, uh, I even told them I was writing about it, so maybe they would want to be more open to, to discussion when I'm going to talk about what they respond to me with. And they basically tell me that's they don't they don't care. And like there was, like they they were willing to think about it, but not really think about it. And that was wow. two years ago. Wow. So there was one t- one thing I talked about where the app, one of the reasons people don't know about the app's feature in Epiphany is that there's an application manager that you cannot find. Like, unless you know it's there, unless you know how to get there, you cannot find it. There's no men- There's no It's not in any menu whatsoever.
0: So, so why have it there? Okay, if you can't find it and you wouldn't know it's there, why would you put it there?
2: I don't know. <laughs> so there was there was a the, the application manager. You get to it by you know how you get to like about config and other browsers. Yep about colon applications. And, and that's that's, how you,
1: how, that's the only way to get to it.
2: That is the only way to get to it. And I pointed out that that's a terrible way. All you need to do is put this put an entry in the little main menu thing underneath the create a new app. Like where you create a new app application manager makes sense. And he said, and they said, yeah, that's a great idea. Still doesn't exist. Wow. And that was two wow. years
0: ago. See, I would think that that would be something that they would want to promote and say, hey, look, look at the benefit of this. Um,
2: maybe they expected know. people to get annoyed by this client side not being removed. And they like, <laughs> ah, yeah. oh, we don't want to yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know,
1: well, speaking of uh, questionable decisions, why didn't Ubuntu or Canonical pick Plasma, KDE? To be their desktop See, default.
2: I'm trying to explain why they should, and now you're going to ask me why. That's
1: exactly why I asked the question that way. <laughs> why didn't they
2: pick it? Uh, okay.
0: Coke or Pepsi, Michael? Coke or Pepsi. That's all
2: we're asking. Well, I mean, obviously plasma. <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> good so, answer. <laughs> but, um, actually, I prefer water, really. There you go. Oh, there you go all about being healthy and yes. uh, putting on and a facade clean. of healthy. And um, clean, yep. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, because the Cheetos aren't healthy. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually haven't had one in years, but you know they're still tasty. They're still, right. I still I still pay myself in Cheetos. I just haven't paid myself. Mm-hmm. So um, the, it's uh, I understand why they chose no. I do not want them to, and I. And there's much better reasons not to. But they chose no more than likely because um, if they're going to change the interface, that's a huge change. A bigger change would be to change the interface and everything else, and remove Nautilus, and remove g and remove Rhythmbox, and all these other applications that people are expecting to be there. So that would be probably a lot more jarring than removing the interface.
1: Yeah, but I would think that you could create a layout to be the default to be similar to Unity or maybe not so jarring as you come, like if you boot into a default Plasma desktop, you're going to, it's a traditional desktop with a panel at the bottom and a menu at the bottom left. So you could go two ways with it. You could say, hey, we're going to go more traditional or like I said, you could make a layout default for Ubuntu that is more of a modern type looking
2: desktop. Sure. Um, what's interesting is when I when I talked about that video I'm making. Um, it should be released sometime today, maybe tomorrow. But uh, what the the video I'm talking I'm, I'm I'm referring to is not necessarily just why is this better, why this can work. But I'm going to show how this all works together, and I'm gonna, I'm actually building a layout of Unity in Plasma, and it's like 90 percent accurate. I mean the. The transparent launcher on the left, the gray launcher on the top. Uh, I even made a system menu on, like, on the far right that has the same icon and looks exactly the same. Um, so, like, it, it, there's there's some things that are different and some things that that need to be worked worked on if they were going to use it. But overall, the functionality-wise, even like maximizing a window and the title bar disappearing and going into the main the main top bar, that's also available in in plasma. Yeah, but
1: it, it global requires- menus are available now in, yeah. in Plasma.
2: Yeah, and they've been there for a while. Like, what most people don't know is that Plasma's had global menus for, like, five, six years. Um, and they've... They have they had the HUD feature functionality before Unity. So they announced that in 2012, and the guy who was... Uh, there was a guy named Alex. I'm going to butcher his name, so it's just... It looks like fiestas, but it probably isn't. There we'll go
1: with just Alex. <laughs> yeah. So
2: Alex is uh, he's a developer for KDE, and he's been there for he's been working on it for a long time. And one of the things he did was create a HUD type thing in KRunner, which if people don't know what KRunner is, it's like a launcher, not like the Unity launcher, but like uh, you you pop up a launcher like Synapse or Cupfer or something right. like that, and it's built into Plasma. And it's one uh, it's of awesome. the best
1: things about Plasma.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic, and they were and he built this plugin that allows you to use um, application menu features just like the HUD inside of KRunner, and it it works fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he's ported it to um, Plasma Five yet. So it technically it's available, it exists, but you can't really put that into the you know I'm, my video is going to say that, like here is the possibility it does happen. We'd have they'd have to like continue to work on it, and fix it, but. Right there, but there's but most of the things are already there, and it's unfortunate because people are not aware that all these things exist. Like for example, the the um, moving the button the the, the, the like w- minimize maximize close buttons from right to left in Plasma is built into Plasma. You just say yeah. uh, move, drag it over here and move it, and it's there. And then and- if you maximize, you can make it where the buttons aren't. They're on the top bar when you have it non-maximized, but when you maximize it, they're there again. So, like, it, it, it does most of the functions, like, almost completely. Oh, most functions it does perfectly. Some functions it does a um, little clunky, but they could be adjusted in, like, like a month or two with developer. Like, with canonical backing, and they could probably fix right. it in a week.
0: I was going to say, I have spent a tremendous amount of time within KDE, probably not as much as Rocco and you, Michael. And the one thing I, I will caution people on is you can dig deep enough to change things and then and then lose how you actually changed it. And it can be a process to go back and rediscover how it is you messed it up in the first place because there is so much you can change within KDE. Rocco's never done that. I've never knowledge. done
1: that where I had to actually just reset everything <laughs> because I changed so many things around. But but I would think that they would be able to, one, like uh, where Ubuntu Budgie has a reset, basically, yeah. on their panels. Mm-hmm. And they, they, there, is. there should be a way to do that in Plasma. There is. And two, oh, there is. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean overall. I mean, you can go into each individual setting and hit system defaults, but overall, is there somewhere where you can do that?
2: The new look and feel is going to allow you to do that, like the, ah. whole, the whole platform that they're adding—the look and feel thing, where you can change layouts and stuff. Uh, yeah, but
1: that will that will do layouts, and that will do, but that's not going to cover right. actual settings like transparency settings or sure. um,
2: they're 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 putting into that. Uh, ability to do a reset so like wow. if you use the default look and feel at some point it will reset the default look and feel
1: that's awesome but that's it, what should happen that yeah. is awesome. when yeah. when it
2: happens i have no idea uh, i just i i've been just watching people talking about it in irc and telegram and mailing lists and stuff so right. uh, like there's a lot of stuff that i think that um uh, plasma does well and there's also a few things that plasma does terrible um like, some of the defaults are just awful. Like, one of the most, my most hated things, and I tell people this, and they'll go, like, I didn't notice it now, and now that you told me.
0: Thanks a lot.
2: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Michael. Uh,
1: if you yeah, but I noticed. think their defaults have gotten better over time. Like, their latest oh, yeah. releases of defaults have gotten more, uh, not well, gotten, it's, but it's, have it's become nice. more sane.
2: It's nice they added the super button to open the menu after 10 years of people yeah. asking for it. <laughs> Right? Look, yep.
1: I, look! I always say there's a love hate relationship with KDE with me. I yeah. love it; it's awesome; it's super customizable. But then, just some things drive me
0: insane. There's- I'll tell you the most impressive thing to me is the pace with which they have been releasing things, updating things over the last six to eight months. They've been mm-hmm. on a pace that just blows everything else away as far as new features, new developments improvements bug fixes fixes. (laughs) it's really really been impressive it makes the gnome desktop look like it's sitting still
2: yeah absolutely i mean there's like one release every six months for gnome and there's like a release every few weeks for for plasma
0: yeah Uh, i have
2: a i have an update to do on my computer for plasma and uh I haven't done it because I was like, ah, I, I don't want to break it today because then I have to fix it and I got to do the podcast. And then they're like, hey, I can't do the podcast because I broke my plasma. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's like 200 packages I have to update and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's nice because one of my machines is I have a plasma on Intergos and I have a plasma on Neon. And Neon is very impressive because it's got the stability of Ubuntu but also the really fast pace of KDE. And uh so when every time I the KDE stack updates so quick and when there's there's a times where people were like, Well, GNOME Arch gets GNOME faster than everybody else. But yeah, then like two weeks. Uh plasma five point nine was released on Neon the same day. You're right. So right. like within an hour. They're like, um thank you, I'm gonna use Neon right now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm running Ubuntu Mate right now, uh, but I also have a KDE Neon installation on my other drive just for
2: that purpose. (laughs) Checking it out. I'm I'm a big fan of most distros, uh, what they're doing, and uh, a few not so much, but uh, Ubuntu Mate is one of my favorites. I'd say it's probably my second favorite. Um, um, That's kind of cheating. It would be third technically, because Antergos and Neon tie, but you know. But uh, so
1: why why wouldn't they pick Ubuntu Mate then for their choice?
2: Because Mate relies on a lot of uh, GTK stuff and GNOME stuff, um, so it probably be like you don't you have to you're with if you chose if you choose GNOME you are connected to the single partner that is handling most of the DE. Whereas if you use mate, you're hand you're connecting to a kind of a a derivative sort of like it's not it's a fork yes it's also a derivative it's also other things so it's also its own thing so it's kind of like in this weird um, limbo of what it really is so like some parts of uh, mate are directly from GNOME three some parts are from uh, GNOME two uh, so. I would just I, if I was canonical, I wouldn't pick Monte, even though I'm a huge fan of it. It just wouldn't make sense business wise, because you have to, you're relying on a second tier of another project, right? In a, in a way. I mean, not exactly, but in a way. Whereas Plasma is amazing, and should be able to use it.
0: Did you just say that? Yeah, he said that. Yeah, he said that. Did did
2: I just randomly blurt out plasma for no reason? So so.
0: I've got a curveball for you. Are you someone who puts custom ROMs on your phone and um, uh, bounces around
2: with? uh, Used to, used to. Okay. I I abandoned that aspect when um, (laughs) when Cyanogen became a company. Right the only right. one i would the only one i could use was CyanogenMod because it was the only one that supported my phone and then they became a company i was like well if i'm just going to rely on a company that has backing by microsoft then who cares i'll just use google right so right. at that point i i just stopped caring and started doing it i just started using stock roms
0: well i i asked that question to kind of lead into another part that I was always looking forward to and figured that if someone could pull it off, it would be canonical. And that's the whole convergence aspect of, Mm -hmm. you know, of using Ubuntu on the phone, using it on a tablet, plug it into a dock, pull it up on your monitor and continue with your day's work. The whole premise of that sounds appealing to me for whatever reason. Practical use, I may, that may be something I get into and go, nah, this isn't exactly what I was hoping for. Microsoft, yeah. of course, is trying it. So what's your thought there?
2: Uh, convergence is a fantastic concept. I think they kind of dropped the ball on the idea of having one device. Your phone is also your desktop. Like, No, my 10,000 times more powerful desktop is my desktop. Like I, I don't want this as my desktop. So like if they had a if they were going for the convergence of like this is a possibility, but the main convergence would be like taking your existing desktop and your existing phone and connecting them. That would be fantastic. So the idea of convergence overall is great, but I think they they, they kinda went in a weird direction. Uh if they had ever if they would have actually backed the Ubuntu edge phone, I mean, that would have pretty much solidified the convergence thing and I would have bought that thing. Okay but, uh, unfortunately, that did not happen right but, so I like convergence and um so I'm so what about fascinated. this so
0: what about this? your phone rings and hey michael this is uh this is head developer over at k d e We've got the new k d e phone prototype the new plasma phone prototype are you excited? are you excited
2: oh yeah they, that okay. already exists technically
0: yeah plasma mobile yep. plasma mobile
2: that's plasma mobile uh which originally um, was based on Ubuntu phone and then now is not. And they already actually, they, supposedly they, I've talked to somebody in their IRC and they said it works on Wayland now. So oh. it's potential that that could be like a, a platform that's like the Unity 8 for the phone was also forked. The regular Unity 8 was forked for the desktop and also the phone. So we could still have that. And But also Plasma, is, it's kind of, already uh got a head start in that case as far as like the alternatives so if they had a plasma phone just just the okay i'm not a fanboy but i'm a fanboy so <laughs> uh when they first announced that that video and they showed the plasma mobile playing with i was like ah, please yep yep and like i it, it could be terrible i'll still play with it i don't care right. and uh I just want a Linux phone. Like, I'm tired of Android. And the most irritating thing about wanting a Linux phone is that I already had one. And I had one in 2008, 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. Like, for a couple years, I had a Linux phone that was completely Linux, and it was fantastic. And the company just dropped the ball so hard, and it was Palm.
0: Pure, ah, web OS yep. The
2: webOS system was pure Linux.
0: WebOS was pure Linux. That's right.
2: And I had that. I had a Palm Pre. I had a Palm Pre Plus at the the, uh, the HP tablet they made. Yep. Like, I was a huge fan of the webOS. And I think the GNOME people are, too, because if you look at GNOME, it kind of looks like webOS. Well, you it? had
0: the cards, what they called cards, right? Yeah, they
2: had the cards. They were... they. The, the, they had a really good, innovative concept that they yep. then just flushed down the toilet, and they did it in the worst, the dumbest marketing tactic ever. Hey, let's announce this cool feature that is completely innovative. That we have, we are the first people to ever have this, which is the card system and yep. the nav- navigation that's always there, and it is, and, and like uh, their integration with different uh, different APIs on the web and. All these different things that they had, they were they were the innovators.
0: They had stacks before Android ever thought about having, you know, stacks, yeah.
2: Absolutely. And they announced these things in two thousand nine and their first phone was a year later. Mm. It's like I think it was two thousand nine. But it was like, okay, great, I want this. When can I get it? Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so <laughs> um,
2: later it finally, you, you can finally get, it later. You get it later it finally comes out I get it it is it is as awesome as I expected it to be and I am super happy with it and then Android comes out with hey we got cards we got right. stacks we right. got everything that you like about your phone and we have more apps than you
0: we have all these apps that's right
2: so it's like you, you waited until it was like the last possible second to release it. And then like they already had most of the stuff that you released. So, but Well, if, was, I, was if I could and, jump
0: on XDA developers tomorrow and download Alpha 1 of Plasma Mobile, I would do it in a heartbeat. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: absolutely. I would love, just like you said, whether it's good or not, I would just love the experience of, of how it's going to work on the phone.
1: Yeah, how far? A, how I mean, far are we away from it, or is it just a concept?
2: It's not okay. It's it's far. I mean, it's, to be honest, it's far. But it's not like you know a decade far. It's like a couple of years far. And it is it is more than a concept because it, it has been working, it has been proven to work, and there are uh, ROMs for it. Uh, but they're only for specific phones. And the phone I had for this uh, broke. So I can't use it anymore um and I played with it maybe like a week before it broke, and it's and this is the nexus five broke on me and uh so and I had four of them, and ah. they all broke ah. the exact same way and uh so I made a video about that it pissed me off but <laughs> <laughs> um, they had they had a there's this weird stupid power button bug where. After like two years of use, the power button will get stuck. And it's not the, 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 not, not the button on the outside, like the actual trigger. It's the, the mechanism inside of the button gets stuck. And you cannot fix it. You have to take the phone apart in order to fix it. And uh, like, well, if I take the phone apart, I void my warranty. So yep. I could just send the phone back and get a new phone. So I get a new phone. And it happens again. And then I get another phone, and it happens again, and then another again. So, like, okay, I'm not going to use a Nexus 5 anymore. No. So, no. I tried. but And unfortunately, like, most things are made for the 5. Um, so, most of the ROMs that you can get that are, like, experimental, like that, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a, there's, like, a Debian, uh, Android Debian combo ROM, only for the Nexus 5. So, like, yeah.
0: You know, just small things like the Dolphin file manager on your phone, I could just envision being awesome.
2: Yeah, I'd love it. Um, <laughs> it would be – they'd have to redesign it entirely. They would.
0: Yes, yeah. they would. But it would still be awesome. It'd be so much better than what's available now. You know. Oh, yeah, I
2: hate file managers on Android. They're awful. Yeah, And Dolphin's easily the best file manager ever. Yeah, Ever.
0: You're going to get easily. that from all of us. That's right.
2: Ever. Yeah, like <laughs> even people who don't like – KDE Plasma will go well. Yeah, Dolphin's way better. Like, you can't argue with that. Like, uh, the fact that you can have a terminal inside of your file manager, that's awesome.
1: Absolutely. Yep. It has every feature that you can imagine
2: and more. (laughs) I was talking to someone. I was like, and I was using uh, Nemo at the time when I was arguing with somebody who was a KDE guy. This was years ago. But he said, I said, he's like, can you do this? And I was like, well yeah, I can do this. And I, I showed him he was like, Well, can you do this at the same time as doing this? No. <laughs> and then it just kept he just kept giving more and more examples like, Okay, I'll use it. Wow. And then yeah. and then it just kind of I wow, I'm I'm such a fanboy.
0: You know what? Rocco and I have had discussions about this where we'll talk about something that we really enjoy and let's just pick the dolphin file manager or take your pick, whatever. Yeah. And so you're doing a video and you're singing the praises of it. All right. Now, all you're doing is sharing your excitement for whatever it is, right? Yeah. You're ex- you're excited about it, you think it's great, so you do a video and you just want to share that. Okay? It's 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 cool, you want to share it. For whatever reason, that makes people mad. I mean, yeah, people I... get that people get irate that how could you mm-hmm. jump on here and talk so good about this when obviously you know, you've never run, blah blah blah.
2: You right. idiot! You idiot! <laughs> well, um, I, I I rarely get people saying that I'm I'm wrong about something, mainly because I've researched ugh, meticulously for a decade, over a decade about all kinds of stuff. So I usually get some stuff, most stuff right, and then when I when I do mess up, uh, it's 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 actually kind of worse. Like because a few times I have messed up, and they were like, they just jumped on. Just, uh, oh, you made a mistake. We're here. You're just going to have like 50 comments that are just like, how could you do possibly do something so dumb? And there was this one time recently, about a month ago or so, that was a comment that was hilarious to me because it was so ridiculous. And I was like, one of my videos was a while ago that was about um, all the different alternatives menus for default menus, not the ones in the store thing. Right all the, all the default menus for pl- for plasma that you can do for like the regular default, but maybe you don't like that you want the dashboard or the regular right. or the smaller simpler menu or something like that and I go through all these different things and I explain k runner and all these other stuff and I get a comment saying uh, how could you forget now doc like that's that is so great and I was like okay well it's because the video that i that you were talking about I posted in March 2016. Now, Doc, first released in September of 2016. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's because I'm not a psychic. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> That's it. Therein psychic. lies the problem. Oh. So it's like that people just want to complain about stuff. Even if you didn't make, even if you didn't make a mistake, someone's going to find something to talk about. But. Uh, as far as like the the fandom of stuff, it's like, well, I mean, what else? Are, why are we talking about things? Why are we? Why are we on a podcast? Why are we right. doing YouTube channels if we don't like the things that we're doing? Why do them? Well, I would exactly. hope we
1: wouldn't sit around talking about things we didn't like. I yes. mean, isn't that what you would normally do? Sit around and talk about things you do like?
2: So exactly. I mean, I'm I'm also okay with explaining things that I don't like at all, like client side decorations. but. Um, I, I prefer to talk about things I do like. So, yeah, like I, I like GNOME. I've made videos about GNOME. I like Mate, et cetera, et cetera. Like, so just because I don't use something as my primary doesn't mean I don't like it. And just because I like Plasma significantly doesn't mean I dislike anything else. Like, I've had conversations with people where I'll say something and then because it's something they construed to be the opposite of something else, they automatically apply that opposite to me as well. Like, no. I, that doesn't mean that just because I say one thing doesn't mean I agree with the opposite of that. Right. right. Like yeah. In fact, I don't like the default pl- plasma. I think the windows wannabe thing is ridiculous mainly because they are, they're not a windows wannabe.
0: So that means you really love gnome, right?
2: So I'll get to that. <laughs> um, you're, you might, you might actually be surprised by this, but uh, I don't like the fact that plasma, it wants to be windows because it also wants to be Mac. If it would just pick one of the two, I'd be okay with it. It's the fact that they merge together. Like the new, the, the new shortcut for uh, K Runner is a Mac shortcut. But the, the thing looks like Windows by default. Like, why are you doing that? And also, why is the uh, operations menu to like, you know, uh, maximize, minimize? And then, like, then there's also like those extra actions, the more actions section. Why is the shortcut for that, Alt F3, right next to kill the thing like yep why this is weird and it's and it's, it's these weird decisions they make and it's like um i i don't like that part but back to gnome i really do like gnome i really like the gnome workflow i like the yep. gnome look i can't stand mutter i think mutter's terrible because it's so restrictive. Like, as far as functionality wise, you know, it's good. It's got like nice technologies behind it. But as far as functionality, it's like uh, there's that thing you want to do. But n- n- no, you can't. We're not going to let you. I'm like, oh, right. great. We thanks. know better. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we know what you want. It's like, oh, you do. OK. You're right. I do want plasma. And
1: uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they have uh, a tendency to make decisions thinking they know what you want.
2: Yeah, I mean, plasma does that too, but they do it in a in a very, very specific, obscure thing. Like, for example, uh, with plasma, you want you want these overarching. I want it to be Unity, okay? You can make Unity. I want it to be GNOME. You can you can make that. I want it to be some weird, random thing I invented that has like no actual menus and it's just things are just floating. Okay, sure, do that too. Um, but then, if you want something super specific. Sometimes that, that clashes with the KDE team. Uh, I was looking for something that was like ability to, uh, you know how GNOME has the overview and it, has, it does a little grid thing? Right. Yeah. Plasma has the same thing and it's called uh, present windows. I mean, it's basically the same thing, but not really. Uh, but you can present windows. There was an extension in GNOME that allows you to middle click a window in the overview and close it. And I really like that. That functionality was built into Plasma and KWIN up until a couple of years ago. When I started using it, that feature was removed like three months before. And his reasoning was because, well, his, his reasoning was ridiculous and not worth even pointing out. But he refused to put it back. And, you know, it was just like, I know what's best for you kind of thing. So... But that's not a like uh, that's not even a bash to the to the developer or KDE at all, because that was such a v- super specific thing that bothered me, that if that's the reason I stopped using something, that's ridiculous.
0: Well, okay. Well, you say that, you say that, but what I have found myself doing is a habitual distro hopper. It's almost like that one little thing that I would say, and anyone else would say, is ridiculous. Is excuse enough for me to go? Okay, that's it. I'm putting antergos yep. back on there. And
2: yeah, I mean, I, in that case, I, I understand. It's more like if if I okay, it's because I was using plasma for so long, and I liked it so much that if this one thing stopped me, it would be a ridiculous decision. Like yeah, at distro hopping. I could still use plasma wherever I go. Right. It's more right. Um, if I was going to go back to GNOME because of this one thing, which, in, okay, kind of, I did de- technically do that, but I went back for, like, a day. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no.
0: No, what am I doing?
2: <laughs> like, like, and I, I started trying to do things that were on Plasma that are impossible on GNOME. And I was like, well, okay, never mind. Like, this and, is not, not worth it.
0: And by the way, if there is a Windows listener or a Windows user listening who's never used Linux, when Michael said... He switched over to GNOME and used it for like a day and then switched back. That is entirely possible. In fact, you could load up a distro just for Windows users out there, use it for 20 minutes, and then 30 minutes later be running an entirely different operating system. I'm just saying. I just want to throw that out there (laughs) that that's fully possible.
2: (laughs) And if you want to go into deeper like possibilities, you could say you could do all of that without losing any of your files and having it separate uh, folder structure. So like Yes. Yep. Like there's so many options you can do and never like e- even not even mess up your own system. You could just I, I have Ubuntu, but I have all my other files in this sec this other folder. Well I can just replace all of the other folders with a completely different version of Ubuntu and still have everything back to normal and I just try to I just changed Pretty much everything, but kept all the stuff that I really care about. Pretty much. Like that's <laughs> that's awesome. But uh like so the the GNOME thing is I did go back to GNOME and I still love the GNOME workflow. It's my favorite workflow. So that's why I use GNOME workflow on KDE Plasma. Wow. I call it GNOME. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, we've already talked about the, the K-naming
2: uh, s- system yeah. that they have. Yeah. I, I, I think the K-naming system is both amazing because it creates these cool names and super stupid.
0: It's, it's, but it's really cool with a K. Some right. of them
2: are. Conversation with a K. I like that. Console, <laughs> right. that's cool. Compare is clever because it's like a, a diff viewer. And then you got competitive things that are like, Compare has a competitive one called kdiff 3 Like, what?
1: Yeah. I think they missed the boat, though. Because instead of naming KDE Connect, why wouldn't you just name it Connect with a K?
2: Exactly. (laughs) I don't understand. It's kind of even more confusing because people think that it only exists in KDE. But technically, it's because KDE is the project that makes it and... KDE, the project, the, like the the desktop environment, doesn't actually have anything to do with the KDE term anymore. So that's even more confusing because they because they just abandoned that. Well, and I understand why they did because KDE wants to do more than just a DE, so it doesn't make any sense to call it KDE anymore. And it really wasn't; it was already Plasma. It's been the the desktop environment's called it's been called Plasma for, since two thousand eight. Yep. Yeah, people don't know that because it also had the other name of KDE. So, the the naming scheme is just confusing, especially now when they changed KDE to mean the project name, and then you ask them, "What does it mean?" Nothing.
0: It's just plasma. It's, no
2: plasma. No, I mean, plasma. Or it's just uh, it's just KDE. It's yeah.
0: just KDE, but it's it means right. nothing. Yeah, and that's only nothing, because
1: that's their that's them. what they're known for. And I mean, other than yeah, that, right. there's no other there's no other reason except people know it as KDE.
0: Well, yeah, and it, no, it would have been confusing if they'd have said like KFC. Right, that would have been totally confusing.
1: Yeah, confusing. Confusing with a K. K. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 oh well, well it's, we're coming up, we're coming up on the uh, over the hour. We're, we're over the hour, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're great Sorry to keep going because this has been an absolute blast. This has been awesome conversation.
1: No, this um, is no. It's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay that it went over an hour. Yeah.
2: There's there's one thing I wanted to point out, like um, just because it's hilarious. But you, have you heard of the contact suite in? Kent? Oh yes, oh yes. Okay.
0: I used you, to study that. Believe it or not, I mean seriously, like I read everything I could read about that mm-hmm. because my ultimate goal. I, okay, I want to admit it. I am one of those people who loved Microsoft Outlook. Yeah, I I used it for business. My ultimate goal was to find the best alternative I could. On the Linux side, and back in the day, it was that sweet. It, yeah, that was it.
2: And did it ever bother you that it was called Contact? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it never bothered me. No, it never <laughs> well, did. It, it bothers me because it's it's. I, I expect that to be an address book. Yes, but there's K address book, which yes. is crazy.
0: That's crazy. And then
2: and then the calendar, which could be called calendar with a K, yeah. is. Is uh, K-, K Organizer. Yes. Yes. And the Organizer app is Contact. <laughs> and you're like, what? What are you doing? And then, then K Mail is like the laziest possible thing you could call it. Oh, right. yeah. I, I, I've, for a couple of years, I've been trying to get them to change it to Caramel. That <laughs> with a K. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's probably not going it,
0: to
1: It's not going to happen, dude.
0: If they could ever pull all of that together, make it less complicated to set up and, and structure. I mean, they've got all the pieces there. It's just they're pulling not, together. I,
2: I can tell you what they're doing. They're okay. abandoning it completely. Are they really? Yeah. They already made a new one, sort of. It's work, They're working on it. they got the prototypes and stuff and developer preview stuff. Is that um, Cube? Cube, yeah. Yep. Okay, Cube's I've got to check into that. Same thing. Um, it's just, I like, Cube looks so much better and it okay. has so much potential. And it's using QT quick which is a, another a, a new uh, modular framework for QT than they were using so like it kind of makes sense that they're replacing it instead of trying to rebuild the whole thing in the new language because like I, I, there are certain parts of, of contact that I like but there are certain parts that are like just so legacy yeah whereas cube uh, is kind of try to do the same thing in a much more modern way so it could be great it also could be terrible so we'll see
0: no i gotta check that out. is that cube with a k
2: yeah it is it is, <laughs> it is. so awesome like,
0: well i gotta check that out
2: yeah there's there's a there's a few there's a few k named apps that are cool uh the, the best one is scrooge yep yeah that is that's a right. great name for a money manager thing it was like that's fantastic that is yeah. awesome yeah yeah and then you go and make k sudoku. It's like it's already K in there, man. Yeah. Just just um, k-, k calc K.
1: <laughs> okay, but k- but calc is the worst. Let me ask you. They have calc- K calc- and there. then they have K right. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's they're they're actually integrated with each other. Like uh Kate rec- re- relies on K right to do some of its stuff and it's like a better uh k- Kate is a better interface and structure and features and stuff Then k is more like the the foundation of it so right. like most of these things they're not integrated and they're not connected they're just competitive in their own project but kate and k-write are actually like integrated and are really good about uh, making sure that the features are uh available in both most of the time like sometimes there's there's things in kate that are not in k um but they're they're not like gigantic features uh, I think I think the column editing is in Kate and not in K write but uh, you know, that's more of like a developer only thing anyway. But yeah, I, sure. I don't even I don't even I prefer sublime text, which I'll probably get hate for having for liking that. So
1: I've noticed that text editor conversations can get really hateful for whatever well, reason.
0: People it's, who are into their text editors, yeah, it's are like a really sacred thing, man.
2: Yeah, I have people who like when they were like, what do you like, Emacs or Vim? Right. slime text. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because, because, and then that way, that way both sides hate me. It's awesome. <laughs> that's that, that's so, my goal.
0: So, Michael, how do people reach out to you if they want to contact you? And uh, where's the best place to do that?
2: Um, actually.
0: Or, or do you prefer to remain, you know, oh No, nah,
2: you might hate me as much as you want. I don't care. I mean, I'm one of the few people who use their actual name on Reddit. Yeah, so I don't have a problem with having my, my name out there. but uh, So you could contact me as Michael Tonell on Reddit, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Michael D. Tonell on Facebook, because, yeah, Facebook. Um, uh, Tux Digital Twitter, uh, This Week in Linux Twitter, all kinds of options. Uh, the easiest probably is going to um, my website, com or uh, emailing me at M, the letter M, at michaeltonnell.com
1: very
0: good very good
1: all right man well we appreciate the uh, conversation and we'll definitely have to have you back on
0: absolutely absolutely yeah we gotta we gotta plan this one out because i have a feeling we could go on for some time <laughs> um i, I did but you know why it. we love we love it you know it's it's what we're into so that's again that's why we uh we we continue to do this you know oh so, yeah, yeah. it's all about I, the conversation
2: even if I'm not doing a recording of a podcast, you, you know, there's like mumble servers and Discord servers. There's, there's all kinds of options to just never stop talking.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Michael. All
2: right. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you.